0: Welcome to Zero to Start, a podcast about immersive development that brings you inspiring conversations with immersive creators, developers, and industry leaders. I'm your host, Ceciliana Trevino. Subscribe to Zero to Start on your favorite podcast platform and follow our new podcast page on LinkedIn. We have a spectacular show for you featuring special guest David Montecalvo founder and president of Virtual Go LLC, the sole developer of the cult favorite, Hauntify, one of the earliest mixed reality games for Quest 2 that's now available for Quest 3 on SideQuest and App Lab. Be sure to check the show notes for bone-chilling links to Virtual Go's variety of room-scale mixed reality experiences, plus our top recommendations for VR games that are sure to trick and treat you. Let's get started. Welcome to Zero to Start, David. It's great to have you on the podcast today.
1: It's great to be here.
0: I saw your post on LinkedIn about your game, Hauntify, in mixed reality being available for the Quest 3. Tell us about yourself, and what was your aha moment for making Hauntify?
1: So my name is Dave Monicavo, and I'm the president of Virtual Go LLC. I make a number of virtual reality and mixed reality apps over the past five years. I really like to get into the mixed reality space as soon as meta allowed developers to have access to pass through. I was able to use it on my Quest 2, and the aha moment that kind of started the Hauntify mixed realities, I saw that for the pass through for the Quest 2 was black and white, and it had kind of a creepy vibe to it. It was black and white, kind of almost like a horror film. So I thought, what if I make an app that can change an entire play area into a horror game? And what if you could actually take that and pretty much create an entire haunted house? Essentially, the story of the game is your headset becomes a ghost detector. Your entire place now is haunted. There's three distinct game modes, and ghosts can appear randomly through your play area. And there's actually eight unique ghosts that can appear, all with different speeds, different jump scares. But it's it's very startling to see one of them appear in your place, and you just don't know really when they're going to appear, how they're going to appear, and what they're going to do. Some of the ghosts will chase you, even if you just make eye contact. So some of them you don't even want to look at, because as soon as you look at them, they'll start chasing you. So it's almost like you don't want to see them, because if you do, they'll chase you. You try to collect relics to expel the spirits out of your play area. And if you collect the relics too fast, if let's say you cheat and you put them all together, and you're like, oh, right, I'm just going to collect as many relics, the user actually will get punished because the ghosts will spawn more aggressively, Versus if you have a larger play area, you put the relics a little farther apart, the ghosts appear maybe less frequently. You can use power-ups to stop the ghosts, like a cross will will freeze them in their tracks. You can also define hiding spots, but it's a survival game. It the experience really depends on your play area. I know users, if you have like a single room, I mean you're just gonna you're pretty much just gonna lose like right away. But if, if you have more than one room or if you have like maybe let's say a loop and maybe not like a dead end, the ghost can kind of chase you around a table. And that way you can actually avoid being hit by them because they'll despawn after a certain time. So if you play too cautiously, you'll be punished. If you play too aggressively and just collect the relics too fast, then, you know, it's about balancing it appropriately without, you know, without losing. And it's a hard game to beat. The bigger play space you have, the I think the easier the game is for sure. But now with the Quest 3 and the color pass through, it just even adds for more kind of like realism. But yeah, it's, it was an interesting concept I explored.
0: Is this your first horror game? Are you a big fan of horror?
1: So I made a horror game in, in the past. Well, kind of a horror adventure game. It's called Lava Escape Mine, which is actually on the official Rift store for Oculus Rift. And that game has elements of horror. You're in pretty much in an abandoned mine that's filling up with lava. You have to solve some puzzles before the whole... Mind kind of collapse and burns down and then as you're going deeper into the game there's horror elements that you know appear and if let's say you get caught by like a ghost or by one of those entities you get further dragged into you know negative events or it gets it gets worse and worse as you go <laughs> forward but if you avoid all of those entities and you know you don't end up in that horror spiral the game is okay there's no there's no jump scares but I kind of initially was going to have it as an Easter egg, then it kind of turned into a core element of, of the game.
0: When did you get into developing VR experiences?
1: I started with my first game, Monty Cube, back in you know, 2018, 2019. I really got interested in just putting on a headset, being an entirely different world. I wasn't too interested in playing VR games, but rather like what I could build using virtual reality. And then it was very early prototype. And, and then ever since that, I, I released Lava Escape Mine a year after. And then now I'm just fully dedicated to mixed reality. I kind of like all genres of games. You know, I think the horror definitely, it clicked with the black and white. I was trying to think of what kind of games could you release without have that pass through. And I released another game named FPS Enhanced Reality that changes your entire play space into a battlefield where you shoot enemies, kind of like Call of Duty. But with the, at the time of the Quest 2, with the black and white pass-through, it just didn't really seem that immersive. And that's why I thought the horror genre was perfect for, for the technology at the time. But now that technology has progressed. I think with the color pass-through, now I'm exploring, you know, different game genres for mixed reality.
0: How are you thinking about what makes something scary or how to implement haunted mechanics into a game? I think
1: it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly on maybe what movie or what horror game that I played. I actually don't really play horror games at all, but I definitely read about different horror elements. But I think the key is is just to surprise your users, to have it be a little unexpected and not have a game heavily rely on just like, let's say, just jump scares, but have like an element of unpredictability and tension. If, if it's all just jump scares, monsters come out like all the time it kind of just becomes repetitive but if you add a element of a long period of where ghosts maybe don't appear it builds up that tension it makes the game almost more scary rather than just you start the game the monster appears and you run away from it and i think having those elements as well in lava escape mine is the users aren't expecting it to be a horror game they're expecting it just to be a adventure getting out of a mine and they see something that seems a little bit off or strange that goes against maybe what they previously thought. And I think that is what makes the game scary, at least when I play it.
0: And you said that the Lava Escape Mine, you can download that for the Rift still?
1: Yep, but it it's available on the official Rift store. So it's not available for the Quest 2 or Quest Pro or Quest 3. You have to have a link cable. It's, it's a PC-based game. It has kind of high graphics, so a standalone headset uh, can support it.
0: Very cool. We'll be sure to have a link to Lava Escape Mine in the show notes, too, so people can try that out. What's your take on PC VR versus mobile VR?
1: So when I first started developing for PC VR at the time before the standalone headsets worked, I was very interested in maximizing that play space. I used to buy the external sensors for the Oculus Rift and set them up all over my room. I actually bought four of them and plugged them in my computer just so I could really maximize that play space. So I think ever since I got PC VR, I want to have the players just go beyond the boundaries and just really, really get to utilize their entire room at the time. But then when standalone came, it just was like, all right, this is this is going to change everything. You're going to be able to navigate not just a room, but through multiple rooms or even an entire house. So that's my goal is to implement play area that covers house scale and beyond i wanted like have users actually like physically move to different places and that's the amazing part is you can play these games anywhere as long as there's play space you're not just bound to your room but you can set it up at your college campus or wherever like indoor type of play space and it offers you this new environment every time you play in somewhere new
0: Do you see Hauntify as a party game where people can take their headsets to their friends' houses and map out that space?
1: Yes. So in Hauntify, there's uh, four different save files. So you can go to your friend's house, you can set that up there. I mean, Hauntify isn't like something that someone's going to keep playing over and over again, you know, just by themselves. But it's really designed to be a party game where you set up different environments and your friends can watch you get scared from a ghost and I've done it for a few events before and it's it's really fun, especially if someone has a, a pretty big house you can map and you could map it before all your friends come over and then they can hop into the game and you know, you can just like watch the reactions and it's it's pretty fun. It's um definitely a game you want to play with more than one one person.
0: And then you can cast it to your TV.
1: Yes. Pontify is a single uh, player experience. I mean, I am exploring multiplayer elements for all my mixed reality games, but I was really waiting for the Quest 3 uh, features to just really kind of see. My whole goal is also to eliminate the manual setup and use Meta's scene API as well to do all the mapping automatically. But I still have more tests to conduct, and I also have to see, does that support really large play areas? So, you know, that's kind of what I'm what I'm looking at right now.
0: What's it like developing from the Quest 2 to the Pro and now to the Quest 3?
1: So I started Hanify. I worked on Hanify as soon as Meta gave pretty much access to pass through to developers. I think that was like August of 2021. So I actually released my game on SideQuest probably around like December of 2021. And it had the multi-floor already working for the Quest 2 However, it wasn't as good as before because of the, you know, Meta hasn't really updated their tracking. It was earlier, earlier version of their tracking system, so it worked. But it, there's a lot of scene shift and a lot of issues, but still worked. And then it was more of an iterative process after that for around a year. I haven't been fully dedicated to Honify. I've been kind of working on different apps all in parallel, but. I think, yeah, so Hanafi has been out for quite some time, even with all of its abilities, but just using an earlier version of the setup. And so it's been, let's see, 2022, mid of 2022, I updated the setup system to make it a little bit easier. The game got approved on App Lab, I think it was around like March of 2022. And then with the leap to the, you know, the Quest Pro and and then the Quest 3, It only just enhances the experience and makes it feel more optimized, you know, with better tracking.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the process of publishing to SideQuest and then App Lab?
1: It's pretty easy to get an app on SideQuest. You just have to have a link to, you know, Itch.io or or some other medium where you can sell your game. App Lab has to go through an approval process. So you can use SideQuest as a channel to access either Itch.io or the App Lab. But when you submit your game for App Lab approval, Meta has to review your game and make sure that it's eligible. So that actually took a long time to hear back. I submitted the game in App Lab December of 2021, and then I had to wait, gosh, like maybe three or four months until maybe around March when it got officially approved on App Lab. So it's 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 a long process. I think they maybe shortened it now since there's more developers, but they have requirements and sometimes it gets pulled back and you have to make changes I think my goal right now is to get my games on the official store. I don't think the multi-floor ability will bring it to the store, so I'll probably be removing that feature and just keeping it separate on App Lab. Because in order to access multi-floor, you have to create a developer account, and then from the developer account, you have to turn on developer mode on your headset, and then you have to disable the Guardian outside of the app. And then when you click on, let's say, advanced floor setup, it will have the tools to to make it do the, the multi-floor experience. So yeah, it's, it's an experimental feature, but I've tested it on multiple floors before and it, it works fine. There's some scene shift that occurs, but due to the systems you know, I'm able to implement in the game, it's just a manual adjust.
0: It's a horror game, but it's not particularly gory.
1: Yep. So there's no blood or gore or anything really inappropriate. The only thing is just the jump scares can be scary. I mean, they're scary looking monsters, but that's about it. There's no violence or anything. You get caught by the ghost and they'll scream or maybe bite you, but there's no blood or anything like that.
0: What, if anything, surprised you about building on the Quest 3?
1: It would uh, definitely be the scene mapping ability just the ability with the lidar sensor to generate mesh around different objects and walls and how easy that could make the setup when you're playing a game you don't have to manually set up the game anymore it's just right there however just with the mesh uh, generation i don't know how big of a play space and how optimized that would be my manual setup system is really optimized there's not very many polygons being generated so you can map pretty large play spaces. I actually submitted a video on LinkedIn where it shows I actually mapped a five-story building. So I actually started from the top, went all the way down. And for, there was no scene drift that actually occurred in the video, which was pretty impressive. But I don't know if you use, you know, mesh, how that would affect the game's optimization. It was kind of to be determined right now as I'm as I'm going through some testing.
0: What's your impression of this whole hype cycle around the metaverse is dead, but there's these new tools that are allowing us to do more with less. What's your impression?
1: I think really with mixed reality, I think it's definitely hype. I mean, people will play the game, they'll get bored, and they'll want to have something new. They'll wanna, want to go further. I think mixed reality will get to a point where it will become mainstream and there will be really cool applications. I just have to think as room scale, mixed reality, just in a room, there's only so much you can do in a room that would really captivate players. I think if you go beyond that, beyond house scale and have mixed reality across land, multiple houses, and you have improved headsets, I think that is what's going to really pick up. And it'll be more of like a toy rather than just like a specific game that you play in a very specific location. But I think currently, I think when people play mixed reality, it's not like a Call of Duty where you you can relax. You have to put on the headset. You have to set up your place. And I think it'll be fun initially, but I think people will get bored of it. And then they're going to want something new. They're going to want to see some type of new advancement. That's kind of of my vision of mixed reality. But it definitely is cool to make apps and then try to really be agile when there's changes, when there's a new device. Okay, what can I do with it? And always be thinking ahead of what is currently out there, what is currently existing. You always want to think ahead of other developers or other games. And that's kind of what could captivate the audience into the new experience.
0: What's your advice for beginners who are curious about creating VR and mixed reality?
1: So my biggest piece of advice for beginners starting out wanting to make a VR mixed reality app is don't put all your eggs in one basket and take like a whole entire year to make a mixed reality game or really spend a bunch of hours because you never know what the market's going to do. It's better to, you know, have kind of a prototype or earlier version on your game on the store and see how that performs and see if the concept is interesting and if people like to play it and make a lot of different concepts, like a lot of different prototypes and concepts and see which one that users really gravitate to. And when they do, And that's when you can start putting the energy to improve it and make it better. But I think I've learned also from Lava Escape Mine is I spent a year building that game, you know, dedicated. But at that time, the rift became obsolete and everything was the quest. So after all of that time I spent on that app, something new has already came out that already took the masses away from that specific headset. So my sales definitely suffered with Lava Escape Mine. So that's where I took the strategy of let's make a bunch of games that you can make in just a couple months or at least get them working in a couple months and then you can see where people want to play. Like I released a game, FPS Enhanced Reality for the Quest 3 or Quest 2, kind of the same life cycle as Hanify and that's actually one of my most successful titles right now, but I also released, let's say Mixed Reality Animal Escape, you know, extra large PlaySpace VR mini games, sledge destruction simulator and those concepts kind of fell flat there wasn't that like i want to play a horror game or i want to play a you know an fps first person shooter game i think those two genres were really popular and that's where i think for beginners just throw all concepts and see where the audience gravitates to and then when it does and then put all your resources into it Everything I do is by myself. I did hire a few contractors with very specific elements of some games just to kind of speed along the process to meet some release date deadlines. But other than that, I don't have any other team members other than myself.
0: If you're someone who's more of a perfectionist, it's a bit of a change of pace in getting into VR and that frame of mind of constantly iterating and pivoting. and. Trying to keep up with the headsets because they're changing fairly
1: quickly. They're changing really rapidly. And it's, I've also made PC games before, like Liquid Havoc was another PC game that I've released. But PC is more safe to go slow. It's, it's almost the opposite. You want to be very detailed and you want to seek perfection making PC games because it's not like your computer is going to completely change how it functions and your game's going to be obsolete. I mean, you know, you want to make sure your graphics are good, but they're, you know, you have plenty of years to to release your game and take the time. But with VR and mixed reality, I mean, there seems to be a new headset coming out every year to two years and there's new updates that give it, you know, different abilities. You don't want to spend all of your time working on an app when it's going to get obsolete because I, I had to learn that the hard way when I developed for the, for the Rift. With
0: trying to build a variety of different concepts, how do you stay on track and not get overwhelmed with all these decisions that you have to make as a solo developer?
1: And that's, I think, the hardest part that I'm facing right now is I'm just one developer. I have a lot of parallel paths going on right now. I actually have four projects I'm working on at the same time, which kind of sounds insane, but that's where I'm trying to kind of streamline them together. I'm working on you know, FPS Enhanced Reality, Honify working on a new fighting game named HyperSpar, and then working on a mixed reality game that utilizes portals. So I actually released some of those on my social media showing some gameplay footage. But you got a lot of projects going on. On top of that, you have to also advertise and make sure your game is known by posting regularly to social media and keeping up with comments and, and questions about your setup system, keeping the community engaged. It's quite a lot of work for one person, and that's where having more than one developer to be able to help with this or hiring someone will be extremely beneficial to not get overworked. I think the biggest challenge is just getting more attention to having people actually play your game and post videos on it. A lot of the promotion I do is just self-promotion, but it'd be great to see other content creators or even journalists covering covering these games and whether it's good or bad, but just to have more coverage rather than kind of what I'm doing now. App Lab is, is great, but it's limited in visibility. You have to search the game through a direct search on the App Lab, and then you have to go all the way to the bottom to define the game. So it's it's hard to find for regular users. So that's why it's not too much coverage on it. And that's where I'm hoping to get the app on the official meta store to really get that that visibility.
0: How can listeners support the game and connect with your player community?
1: So on my main website, Virtual Go LLC, I have uh, links to all my social media where you can keep up with all the most recent gameplay footage and updates. I have a TikTok channel, a YouTube channel, and a Discord where I help other players you know, with any questions regarding the setup and make updates based on their feedback. But the, all that can be found on my main website, Virtual Go LLC, if you just search in Google, it'll be the first one that appears. And then at the very bottom are links to all of my social media pages, as well as a direct link uh, to the apps that I've worked on. I would also say to check out the game FPS Enhanced Reality. It's very similar to Honify Mixed Reality. It's a a pretty fun game. I think it lasts a little bit longer than Honify, but I think FPS is more of a solo game that you can play by yourself. And I think Hauntify is more of a party game where you want to just watch your friends get scared and maybe set up a really large house or a room or multiple rooms and really see those reactions.
0: Spooky. Is there anything that you wanted to say that we haven't
1: covered? Just make sure to stay agile with all the new technology. Don't get set into just like one path, but always look at the most up-to-date technology and just think, okay, what can I do with this? Or what hasn't been thought about before, and then be willing to adapt if maybe something changes and be like, hey, well, you know what, the manual setup system, maybe you wanna move it to an automatic system because the new headset supports it. Just to keep keep agile and keep up to date with all the, all the new technology.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today on Zero to Start, and we'll be sure to have links to everything that we covered in the show notes.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I hope this episode of Zero to Start inspires you to hauntify your next Halloween party. What will you be playing this Halloween in VR? Let us know in the comments on our LinkedIn page. You can support Zero to Start by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast platform and give us a rating. Share this episode with your favorite ghouls. Until next time, spooky installing.